This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm thrilled to welcome to our channels today Ben Browning who is the owner of Resonant Recruitment Development and a really prolific mental health and well-being coach too. Welcome to the channel today Ben, how are you? Good morning Leisha, yeah I'm very very well thanks, really really uh, pleased to be with you this morning. I'm so pleased that you're here. I know we've been we've been chatting for a while, and obviously we've been we came connected through the mental health and recruitment um, connection with Rhonda. Um, and I'm really excited for our audience to get to know you better. So, for a brief overview as to what you actually do in your background. Yeah, absolutely. So my main focus has been for several years helping recruiters overcome the challenges that face them. Typically, that is to do with helping them sell better and communicate their message more effectively to their clients, control processes, and and, and build more. Um, but also helping them understand and work through some of the challenges around resilience, consistency and performance that all of us um, face in different ways through our careers. Absolutely. And, and, and forever changing as well. So I've got a bit of a challenging question for you. Sure. Why do you think recruitment training is boring? <laughs> it's a great question, Lucia, And it's one that I try my hardest to uh resolve and make sure that that isn't true of the training that I share and deliver. But I do think that historically, we've got a little bit of a, a challenge or an issue with it. And I think that when when we reflect, it's probably a few key issues. Um, most of what recruiters do, uh, and most of the time that they spend doing doing the doing performing the role, isn't necessarily doing the stuff that training is focused on. Mm. So we often think about core skills in recruiting as being able to close, yeah. as being able to objection handle, as being able to inject urgency. And if you think about it as a consultant, maybe getting on the phones for three or four hours a day, actually most of the time you're not doing any one of those three things. You may be hearing objections, but they may be true. You're rarely closing as a percentage of your overall time. And urgency in the process is, is key and essential. But actually if we miss doing that in the right way at the start of the conversation, then it becomes a challenge. Mm. So lots of what we kind of typically want to train in recruitment isn't stuff that gets applied in every call, in every moment. So the approach that I take, and I think the approach that is coming through more and more these days is, is one where we actually strip back to, what is my purpose? What is my value? How do I understand that and articulate it better so that in every call I'm able to uh, land a more effective message that makes me interesting, that makes me more useful to my clients and makes me somebody that they prefer rather than accept to do business with. Mm, I think it, I mean, I'm nodding away for those who are listening. I'm, not, I'm nodding away with them because I totally agree with everything that you've just said there. And I think, you know, having been through the old school sort of, I mean, it's a long time since I had my recruitment training. It was back in the 90s. You know, it was classroom environment. It was doing role plays. It was very, it was, it was brilliant in terms of sort of giving you the, the core way to run a desk back then, which was all through cold calling, by the way. There was no internet or anything like that, way before LinkedIn. But actually, you're right, because what you do is you pick up on that personalised individual's strengths and behaviours, their mindset. Because you could go, you could set, you know, set your goal and say, right, this is what I'm going to do today. But you know, pick up the phone to somebody that you might have a different level of connection with. And how do you, how do you, as a recruitment trainer, ever prepare them for that? So stripping yeah. it back to behaviours, I think, is, is exactly how it should be done. And 
So how yeah, do you do that then? How, how, do, how do you as a recruitment trainer, if you're, you're going into a, a business and you know, you've got people at different levels, places in their journey, how, do you, how does that actually work in terms of what you do and how you start, your style is, I guess? Yeah, for sure. And it is, it's always, it's never an easy thing to do to land training that absolutely suits every personality, every style, every level of experience. I think you have to have a good amount of intuition, but actually you have to have a decent structure around it too. And one of the things that really stands, one of the things that I get feedback on anyway, is that the, the, the approach that sits best for a lot of people is really starting with, how do I how do I understand my role in helping my clients achieve better results? Yeah. One of the, one of the, the key things that I share with any consultant I work with is this, this idea that a recruiter should specialize in helping their clients get better results every time they recruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is it from being about placing roles and having the best candidate to actually providing a service which changes the outcomes that a business achieves. That yeah. may be something really direct, like time to hire, cost of hire, quality of hire, but it might also be more around um, helping a business understand how to remove bias from the recruitment process or how to articulate their employer brand better. Yeah. If you approach conversations with your potential clients on the basis of, I can help you achieve better results going forward and, and, and increasingly good results, or I, I, I specialize in helping businesses get better results as they look to add talent, mm. all of the stuff around, all the stuff around that kind of urgency, the objection handling, the closing stuff becomes much more natural. It becomes a much more natural flow. You're owning your own value and connecting with clients in a, in a really different way. So for me, that is the bit that, that every recruiter can benefit from is just reflecting on if, if and I, I put this question on LinkedIn a little while ago, actually, if you had if you accepted that you have the same candidates as everybody else in the market, why would the people you want to do business with call you first? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to help them get over their pain point, but you need to have identified that pain point in the first place. I love that, that, you know, there seems to have been a real shift, a real paradigm in recruitment that it's all about your purpose now. And that's whether that you're an individual business owner, whether you're a recruiter listening to this thinking, you know, I want to embark on the next stage of my training and development and what is my purpose. But actually asking that question and knowing underneath what that outcome looks like for your client, scaling that back, that's what we should have always been doing, really. And it removes that transactional aspect, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Better. So actually what you're doing is you're kind of, so just putting somebody back on the right track of we're not just here just to fill jobs because ultimately I know that's what you get paid to do but let's just shift that mindset a little bit and think like what's your your purpose is to identify and solve the pain points of your clients and what do those outcomes look like and asking those sorts of questions no potential or existing client is ever gonna not tell you that Absolutely. And if, if you approach it in the right way, and if you show that you have value, I think one of the things that we also lose sight of is that um, it's a value exchange. I was doing a session yesterday with a group who want to be better, want to feel more comfortable in taking feedback from their clients on yeah. what their service and what their approach looks like and how the, the client has experienced working with them. And they said, you know, it's difficult to take to ask our clients for feedback because we feel like, you know, we've worked on the role, they've paid the invoice, why should they engage in a further conversation with us unless they're hiring? 
and we strip that back. And, and what it comes down to is that actually recruiters have a huge amount of value for the organizations that they, they recruit into. It's not just about filling roles, but it is about your insight. It's about the ways that you can help businesses improve based on your experience of most recruiters will be recruiting for maybe 15, 20, even 30 organizations in a year, probably even more than that. And all of the things that you learn from each one of those processes gives you insight and powerful um, experiences of, of how recruitment's working right now that, will, that can help your future clients Absolutely. to get better results. Yeah, it's, all, it's building on that testimony, isn't it? And understanding what your market drivers are, what's, what's important to you. And that leads very nicely onto, you know, I know one of the sort of key elements of what you focus on is that high value, that high mm. value is the best strategy. So just explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so I've created the Maximum Value Playbook, which is a toolkit and a structure for consultants to start winning more commitment and being able to better defend and, um, and, and kind of win business at full fee. Um, that, level, that increased commitment will probably, for most people at the moment, be around winning more retained business. It could, though, be around more exclusive business. It might even be, if you're stuck in a world which is very contingent, just getting a little bit more commitment from clients, for mm -hmm. example, to upfront interview slots or yeah. giving you a little bit more greater collaboration in the recruitment process. So there are many ways of looking at that. In terms of prices, obviously, that, that, that's pretty clear. But the structure is all about, okay, realistically, am I as a consultant over-reliant on winning new business? Mm -hmm. And what can I do to A, retain, and B, improve the value I'm getting from my existing relationships? Because typically, we did run some uh, data recently with um, the guys over at Firefish. Wendy mm -hmm. McDougall was, was really helpful in that. And um, we kind of identified that typically recruiters only bill 50% of their clients year on year, which means that in order to bill the same amount of money, you've got to generate 50% of the clients that you build last year new this year, which is a lot of work to sell a leaky, to fill a leaky bucket. And at the same time, you're probably only getting about 30% of a client's potential spend because you're working too many contingent roles or you're not charging them enough or too many roles are, are falling through the cracks. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. We'll we'll make sure there's links to that. And yeah, shout out to Wendy at Firefish as well. I know, I know her through uh, the Elite Leaders. So it's uh, great that you've mentioned Wendy. So that's very useful. And I agree with you. I mean, I think I I use really old school expressions, things like you know, when you've got low hanging fruit, why would you go and pick new fruit? <laughs> it's just Absolutely. you know, leverage your existing relationships. You know, I I, I remember you know, sort of being trained this back in the day when I was at Fee Farrah Jones, you know, if you think about working at clients at 15% and you can prove to them the value that you've brought to them through the relationships that, you know, the outcomes that you brought, which is usually making placements and those people still being in the role and having outcomes themselves. Well, you know, to reward me and to make sure I'm engaged for you to find you more people like that, I, w I need to work at a better rate. You know, and, and I'm sure that, you know, the, 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 obviously you'll have a much better way of communicating that through your, your training modules. But I think that when you put it to people like that, why would you work a business that isn't a, a, a good rate? You know, it's as simple as that. And, you know, you can incre think, increase your own revenue by the existing relationships you've got. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this, is, this comes back to another question that comes up quite frequently as sort of a moment of self-reflection, which is, you know, 
as a recruiter, do you know what your existing clients would pay more for? Great question. You know, we saw we saw last year this shift. So we saw in 2020 this shift to people thinking about productization a bit more yep. and thinking, can I get paid? I've got a, a, a guy that I work with on a coaching basis um, who has recently been paid by his client not to source the candidates, but to schedule, host, manage the interview process. So the client found the, found the candidates, but the recruiter is getting paid for supporting that selection process, the offer and onboarding piece. So there are really different ways you can get paid. But the, the, as I say, the question that I think is worth recruiters reflecting on is, what, what are my clients like so much that they're, they're getting more value from me than I'm charging? And, and therefore, what, how does that lead to, you know, what might my clients be willing to pay more for? Yeah, I love that question. And everyone is now thinking that. I'm thinking it, so you'll be thinking it as well if you're listening to this now. Now I want to talk to you about something else and it's something that we've talked off camera about and it's a word that everyone will probably roll their eyes at because it's all over the internet, Instagram, there's all these specialists, but it's something that I really want everyone to stop and pause and think about this as we talk about it. Mm. Mindfulness. What can we do to make ourselves more mindful and why should we do that? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the Academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. 
Yeah, it's it's a great question. And it, as you say, it's a really interesting topic. It is one that is getting talked about more and more, but I think for really good reasons, like the, the stress and the strain that the last 12 months has put on everybody is, is you know, undeniable. Um, and I think even whether you've had, even if you've had, you know, a relatively okay experience over the last 12 months, the background noise of the challenges that are in the world kind of put a strain on us. Um, and mindfulness for me is just about stopping and pausing. It's just having that moment where you're aware of how you, how you feel, how that feeling is impacting your behavior, what, how that behavior is also being impacted by the, the way that you talk to yourself and your internal monologue. And just taking a moment, particularly for recruiters, particularly in tough markets, to get off the hamster wheel and just kind of feel into where you're, where, where you're at with, with your, your emotions and, and your mental state at, at that point in time. And it's, you know, as you're saying that now, I love that you, you actually just slowed yourself down to, to, to explain that. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think, you know, as we record this now, we are still in lockdown three, but we've got the roadmap. And hopefully by the time this gets shared, we will be a little bit freer. Uh, certainly schools have gone back anyway, so that was the first step. But I think I agree with you. How many times when you're listening to this, how many times do you actually pause to think about what you're going to do next? And when you're actually doing it, being so aware of what you're doing that you are just in that task. And I think that I'm probably the most guilty of this, that you multitasking, you're doing loads of things that once you're at home, so you think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just go and put a wash on. Um, I'll just type that email while I'm on the phone. I've got my AirPods in. I can be typing mm-hmm. on the email, you know, watching, you know, have my phone actually swiped up so I can still be on LinkedIn. You, how many times are you guilty of that? And if you are listening to this and you've never done that, hmm. <laughs> and and I agree with you and I think as we sort of are reintroduced to potentially more blended you know going back in the office plenty of recruiters Mm -hmm. listening to this will be back in the office now it's such an important life like tool to have Mm. you don't need to do it for 10 minutes just for 30 seconds just I think it's and I said and I am going to give the example uh, that I said to you off camera and it's one that I know I've mentioned to plenty of my friends to say, am I the only one that does this? I, I've got a very healthy lifestyle. I'm, you know, everyone knows I walk up Holcomb Hill most days. You know, I do a hit five days a week. I eat really well because you are what you eat. I'm, you know, heading for late. Well, I am late for is what I'm talking about. So I'm very careful what I put in my body. And then I'll get to that bit, you know, an hour before bedtime where I'm a little bit peckish. And instead of having a yogurt or, you know, some, I don't know, something really healthy, I literally go and I never eat cereal. And then, you know, the girls have got, you know, your sort of sugary cereals like your Cheerios and other, other cereals are available. And I will literally just stand that over the box while I'm still watching telly and just eat out the box. That's not being mindful. And after a few minutes, I stop and I literally go, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? So it, it's that, I mean, that's a good analogy, isn't it? Of just stopping and thinking if I'd have just gone, I'd taken a handful mindfully and put them in a little ramekin, I could have had a little snack and known what I was eating. But God knows what I put in my body in that time. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I, I, that's absolutely right. I think there is also this bit where you allow a little bit of kindness in as well, though, because there's what I hear and what you've just said is that you're aware and you stop. And actually, we all get caught up in, you know, thought streams. And, you know, I'm, I'm running a relatively new business, so I am constantly thinking about work. And sometimes I get caught up. 
and then I realize that I've got caught up and I just take that moment to think like what what is this time for so there's a there's a brilliant book a book called 18 minutes and one of my favorite questions from 18 minutes is has always stuck with me what is this hour for and it doesn't have to be an hour but if you use time blocks which um I know many people will I know that um for example uh Fisher-Mazoo's is a big sort of uh, one for productivity hacks and all the rest of it. And time blocks and time boxing is a, is a big sort of part of the way that he works and, and stuff he talks about. But for me, that's really effective. And then it's a case of saying, what is this block of time for? Um, and if you can do that, it just brings you back to a little sense of presence. I mean, you know, the reason we started talking about mindfulness and all the rest of it is that I've got a a fairly intense routine with with all the stuff that I do you know I find meditation and journaling and affirmations really useful I use visualizations so I do all those bits and pieces but for somebody who isn't you know doing any of it that starting point is just okay I've caught myself in that flow in I have got caught up a little bit in my thinking around this particular area now I just need to now I'm just going to take a breath stop what I'm doing take a step back and think, give myself just 10, 15 seconds, 30 seconds yeah. to think, what's, what's next? What should I be focused on? Where can, how can I be more present to what's going on around me? I, and I, that's, we are going to leave it there, Ben, because that's what I want everyone to do right now. Literally, Wonderful. seconds, just pause now at the end of this podcast. Think about what you're doing next. And I think if you do that, you will be calmer, you're kinder to yourself and you are looking after your mental well-being and whatever that next task is you will do it so much more productively and in a more contented fashion and what a wonderful wonderful podcast this has been i knew it'd be joyful ben thank you so, <laughs> so much for joining us today. we'll make sure that all your um links are on this uh, canva and through the podcast and through the youtube channel thank you so much for joining us today on the recruiters recruitment podcast thanks lisha really wonderful to be with you